Good evening, everybody. Um, it's Four Blades in a pub, and we've come together by a miracle uh, for the first time in many months. Since we last spoke, we've been to Wembley. Uh, well, we got to Wembley. We've been to Wembley. Uh, we had Middlesbrough breathing down our necks, and we've got promoted to the Premier League. And I'm John, and I'm absolutely delighted to be doing this again and to be joined by Phil. Good evening, mate. Good evening. Hello, everyone. Dan, good evening. Good evening, everybody. And a very tired and red Ian. Good evening. Good evening. So congratulations before we kick off to, since we last recorded, Dan ran his first ever marathon in Manchester and did really, really well. Big runner, and it, I know it was a big achievement for him. He's now got it tattooed on his calf in case the pain isn't memory enough. Uh, and Ian, yesterday... Um, recording on a Monday evening, ran Leeds Marathon. So two marathon runners and me and Phil still getting over how much booze we drunk at Wembley. So, you know, we've all done <laughs> different things. You, you, you did a marathon week. stint at Wembley. I'm going to say our marathon stint of Wembley and then three three sessions in a row at uh, promotion parties, that's enough to... Uh, Take a bit of credit for. Yeah, the, scar- the scars aren't done by a tattooist needle, but they are deep. So uh, <laughs> we tried to put together a bit of a, a, a schedule tonight. Uh, so we're just going to talk generally and we're going to look at a few few things that have happened throughout the season. Take a look at some unsung heroes because they always exist in a promotion side. And then I think the bit I'm really looking forward to, we're going to do a bit of a contrast between the current squad and uh, the squad that promoted to the top flight last time, uh, because both are amazing in different ways. So that'll be good. And then we'll tell you what we're hoping to get up to over the coming weeks and months before the Premier League kicks off. So I've gone into some sort of weird news reporter mode there, which is a bit out of character. Shows how rusty I am. So we're going to be playing in the Premier League next season. What's... How would you sum up that feeling, Ian, that emotion? How are you feeling about it? How are you feeling about the promotion? It's it's a strange one because it, it kind of just happened. And I think, I'm not saying I ever doubt, never doubted we wouldn't go up, but there was just a different feel about it this time. And maybe, you know, you see these clubs that yo-yo on it and they probably get used to that bounce and... I'm delighted. I'm over the moon. We're back. You know, am I looking forward to some of what might follow every week? It is what it is. But for the, I look at it in a way that Sheffield has representation in the top tier of English football, being globally, and it's us again. And that's immense for us as a club and what it does for us financially. Because I think we've been on a, a bit of a knife edge for a while. And this, to me, is, is is kind of like a double, double whammy of we're promoted, we've got, we've gone up in second, we've had a trophy parade, we've had all these celebrations, it's fantastic, and we're going in the Premier League. But actually, this hopefully will help secure the future of the club as well, which I think to me is is equally important. I think that's that's really. That's that's the big feeling for me. Oh, no, I've gone I've gone quite sober in there for for what No, no, but it's the relief, you, but... isn't it? It's the relief that after the nonsense of we've never been in embargoes and things like that before. So that was a new thing that as fans we had to get used to. Thankfully, we had a decent 
decent squad and we we're all pretty confident in the squad, but with everything that's been going off, a big sense of relief. How about you? Uh, how about you, Phil? Yeah, I, I think it kind of all happened fairly quickly. And I know the season's over nine months and it, it just the way that we all of a sudden sort of motored on after getting beaten at home by Luton when it was very much doom and gloom and we had Luton and Middlesbrough sort of breathing down our necks. And we, we were all pretty quick, critical on here that for a long period of time we were picking up results without playing particularly well. And it felt a little bit like that had come home to roost when we, we got beat by Middlesbrough, got beat by Millwall, got beat by Blackburn. And for us then to to kick on and, and pick up the results we did towards the back end of the season, it's just a massive, massive credit. And should I be surprised? Probably not. But it it was it was a little bit surprising with how good we were to, to close the season off and how comfortable we were in the end. Yeah, absolutely. There was... It it was quite interesting the sort of the narrative about the clubs around us and not about us sort of like still is as well by the way oh yeah yeah like the expectation um, like almost that hecking bottoms no one verbally says it but there's like a sort of like there's a ridiculous amount of expectation on hecking bottoms to have delivered yet he's had his back up against the wall. How many times decides in January? Like, look at Burnley strengthened massively in January. Like, everyone did, we didn't. And and he's delivered it. And he's done it all with, like, dignity and class. Whereas, like, Michael Carrick's, like, ponced around with a beard on the sidelines and end up finishing, what, 14 points behind us in the end? Yet people it's interesting are... the Middlesbrough thing, isn't it? I don't, I don't think Carrick's done anything particularly wrong. I think he actually conducts himself quite well. But from what I've, what I've heard from within the club, it was the players the day that Middlesbrough beat us at home that were giving it out and, and dishing it out to the United players, which is why uh, Norwood's alluded to people making out they'd gone up in February a couple of times since we've gone up. Um, but it's incredible how I think we talked about having um, sort of major moments of the season and the, the, the one for me that day when at half time, we were nil nil with Norwich and Middlesbrough had just gone one up at, at Huddersfield. For that to swing the way it did that day at, at half time, two points behind, could have easier just been one point by the end of that game and it ended up being seven. Really did make me feel this can happen now. And and by God, did they show us because it ended up as a 16 point gap. 16, there we are. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I think, I think there's, um, I think you both both captured different parts of it there for me. And and Dan, for you, is there something that like how, what's your overriding emotion about it? Would you say? I'm probably going to sound like a bit of a killjoy, but um, probably underwhelmed, not the word. But I'm not as excited by this promotion as I have. So this is this is my fourth my fourth promotion to the Premier League because I've obviously contributed lots to this over the years. But this is the fourth time I've watched United get promoted to the top flight. Did you turn up for the parade with a shirt on, Dan? Yeah, yeah, but full John Terry. Um, obviously, once under Bassett, once under Warnock, once under Wilder, and now Hecking Bottom. And they just this just feels slightly different to me. And I think it's probably because a the three of the three before this we weren't thought of as being promotion favourites before. So under Bassett, we just come up from the third. 
under Warnock, we were a team of journeymen. And even under Wilder, you know, we may be looked at as a, a, a outside bet for the playoffs, certainly not an automatic promotion team. Whereas this one, I think most fans from other clubs in the Championship would look at look at Sheffield United at the beginning of the season and gone, yeah, they should. Without we finished last season and the squad we've got, you know, Egan, Amahodzic, Berger, Njai, Norwood, these players, they'll, they'll look and say, yeah, you should be, you should be up there at the end of the season. And the other thing for me is before, again, going at the top flight has always been like an exciting new adventure. This year, we kind of, I don't, I don't want to take the shine off it and I'm not going to dwell on it, but we kind of know what we're getting in for. Like you've said before, Phil, the, the journey's definitely better than the destination here. It's, you know, I'm, I can't say I'm particularly excited about next season. Not the fact that I think there's a good chance we're going to get bent over in a lot of games, but just the fact that, you know, you've got, you very rarely play three o'clock on a Saturday. You've got VAR, you've got big club buyers, overseas uh, football, Twitter. It's just, I'm, I'm not going to bring this down because it's obviously it should be a celebration, but that's just, just how I'm, I'm not as excited by this promotion as I've been by all the others I've seen. Yeah, I, I think, think that there was a big gap between them previously as well, wasn't there, which I think plays into yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were some penalty takers on a drink spot all the way from having a good chance of being straight back up last season as well. So I think it's, I don't know, I think this we've been, we may be for a long time, apart from that second season we are in the Premier League, the lockdown season, which I really shouldn't count anyway. It just wasn't football, but like we've been so competitive as a football club for years now. We've, yeah, we've, we've like League One promotion under Wilder, super competitive. First year in the championship, really solid effort, faded away. So we didn't have the squad and the experience, but then we went and got promoted. Competitive, exciting. We then overperformed massively in the Premier League. Obviously, the season I mentioned started last season terribly, but then since Eckingbottom's come in, we've we've got results and continually got results, and we don't tend to get battered either. And uh, absolutely, and that's absolutely what I've said. Is nothing certainly doesn't detract from the job Eckingbottom's done. No, no. Like like you're saying with 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 the 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 kind of constraints he's been working under. I mean, I know you said earlier on we didn't strengthen in January. We actually came out of January weaker than we went in because we we sent Kadra back. We sent a, whether you liked him or not, whether whether you thought he was an effective player or not, he was a he was a senior professional. It wasn't like a a seventeen year old kid. He was a you know he was a full time senior professional who added something from the bench or as a starting uh, as a starting player. And we sent him back. So we actually, and I I genuinely don't think he would have. I don't think Eckingbottom would have sanctioned that had he known what was around the corner. Because if you remember at the time, there was talk about him going back and he said, you know, we're balancing it up. If we send him back and that frees some money up to, to you know, to, to bring a replacement in. I think he genuinely thought that was the plan. And then obviously we sent him back, the embargo hit. So we actually came out of January week and then we went into it. Yeah, and we got Sula back and then proceeded to break his jaw so he couldn't play. Yeah, so uh, two hat tricks in two two games at Bramall Lane, and he assumed. Yeah. The, the only the unfortunate thing is, kind of like we did with Wilder, we've got some outstanding youngsters, but the clubs kind of moved a bit too fast for him. You know, as a Championship club next season, 
if we were a championship club next season, there's ever a chance you'd see Asula and Jebison get really good, solid minutes. Unless we, well, we'll probably talk about that later on, but they're clearly not going to be ready for the Premier League, are they? Well, I just I, don't think they are. No, and we best best stick to a more general point and then talk about things like that. Yeah, because um, my opinion on Jefferson fluctuates like the, the weather. It's like I can't decide how I truly feel. But like I think, I think like I say, that idea that we've been competitive for so long, I think that just changes the mentality, and it's a positive thing that as a football club, we've apart from game certain games, the Man City Cup game this season. When we're in the top flight, there were certain games where you expected to lose, but we didn't. We've not been a team that's got battered. We don't tend to give batterings out either, to be fair. But like, continually, like we like we used to win in football matches, and also we used to being successful now. Relatively any good ideas during during COVID? We got was it Leicester gave us a good Leicester idea. Leicester beat us at first game after Wilder got. Uh, went, weren't it? Hickenbottom's yeah. first game, 5-1 yeah. or something like yeah. that. They gave us a good idea. I can't think of any other... I mean, nah. if, if I mean, up to 3-0 is not a good idea, is it really? Anything over three, normally you would call yeah. it. And I can't think other than that Leicester game that we even, even during that, that kind of horrible COVID relegation season that we got, we got battered. Yeah. We lost a lot of games, 1-0 and 2-1 that, that yeah. kind of period. Certainly the start of that season, didn't we? Well, so I think it's throwing ball in his own net. Uh, <laughs> I th- can, I, can, I, can I just say to, to put a positive spin on this? One of the things I certainly am looking forward to from getting promoted this season is giving Aaron Ramsdale an absolute fucking coating for 45 <laughs> minutes at, at some stage next season. That we, comes getting it. I I can't I wonder what the reset are we looking at Paddy Kenny levels of abuse? I think he'll get a lot. Yeah. Because I thought when Paddy came back, that took me back. That, I thought it'd be bad, but that was, I remember that. I think that's the worst reception anyone's ever had at the lane. It was, and it actually... Like, it was played for us, not like, I'm not talking about like fucking Desmond. It also contributed to, I, I think it contributed to the result that day as well, because mm. United fans, and old man's up, myself included, spent 45 minutes berating Kenny and not focusing on supporting the team. And weren't we three down? Fairly three down early. at half-time. Three down at half-time, yeah. Rumours are Blackwell got sacked at half-time. Yeah. So I, I, I do... I, I mean, that's not going to stop me. I'm, I'm Ramsdale's getting it, but that's... <laughs> um, For the greater good, Dan. That, yeah, the greater good. Well, that was the, uh, that was the game where... The, remember that dodgy... Documentary on Channel Four, looking at Brian Robson trying to broker football clubs in the in the yeah, year. and then we were like the surprise club at the end, and he'd... me and Dan were texting each we other texting. through that program. It's you us. Are, it's fucking are us. You, you watching know, this? Yep, yeah, fucking nail on it's us. Yep, yeah, nail on it's us. Next thing, this is Mr. Robson for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, it's just good old Brian. Uh, can I pose a question, John? So, g- given what Dan just said about the feeling about this time and what Phil was saying that actually the gap between the previous ones probably means it meant more and felt different, we're going to have to get, maybe we're going to have to get used to this for a period. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, going to be an adjustment as a fan base because yeah. realistically, we, could, we, we are now in the position where we could start to become that yo-yo club that, maybe bounces a couple of times before establishing themselves. Do you know, I was thinking about this, the yo-yo club to establish himself. Is that a bit of a myth? Is there I, anyone that's 
I can think of one that's done it sustained successfully it. for a period of time. The only the only one In that West I Brom, think West Brom. I was going to say Burnley went down Burnley. and died, didn't they? And then they went back up and had a long period and then they've come down and gone straight back up. For a club of Burnley's size, which I'd say we're probably a bigger club than Burnley marginally. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'd agree. But like, they're the ones who have owned, when they've dropped, they've gone straight back up. And it's. I, don't I know West know. Brom have done it, haven't they? West Brom stayed up there for yeah. a bit. Yeah, and then they I don't think it's. I don't think it's a, a like Norwich have never really sustained it for long. Well, yeah, it's yeah. Is, it's, it's tough to do, isn't it? It, it is tough to get to do back up. To, to get back up and then attract players the following season, almost, almost kind of selling to players. Look, you're coming to play this season, but we're going to go down this season. But then we'll bounce back up next season. You're almost asking players not to write off a season of the career, but basically saying to players, look, we're not really putting aiming to put much, put much of a fight this season. However, we are building. Yeah. You because you, you're you're in a situation now as well where sort of you can't like you end up the way to get back up is to have experienced people in the squad who've done it before. But then if they've been in your squad, so say for example, some of our players who we've had in the ascendancy last time and then are still knocking around, you'd argue aren't good enough now. So if you don't have the succession planning in place. Like you haven't got enough of a revenue stream to like continually be refreshing the squad, so you have to use the loan market. But then the problem, the problem with that is you get no continuity either. So I don't know. I think I think it's it's okay to yo-yo for a bit, providing your recruitment's absolutely is, on the money. Or you get kind of the, it's kind of the situation we like say if, if we didn't do it right this time, if we went up this obviously went up this season, had a season in the Premier next season and came down, and you were still expecting the likes of even Baldock to a certain extent, Norwood, these sorts of players to do it two years from now and get you back up, they're probably not ready. So you need to if if this is what we are planning, if the, if this is the plan, look, we'll go up next season, you know get as many points as we can, but work on possibly coming down. It's kind of now you need to be planning for that rather than at the end of next season and you're having to reshape the entire side. It's it's a, it's a strange strategy. You're almost working like a season in hand. It's 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 odd. I think you, you, I don't know as well though, like we don't know where we're going to be in terms of ownership, which is either exciting or concerning however you look at it and you read certain things, amounts of money being quoted for, you know, what we're going to have to play with and stuff, but you you you've got to. There's just I think there's a massive degree of luck in in the recruitment as well. So you can pick someone up on the scrap heap who then turns into a player, or you you go and you get another annal plucked from somewhere with a good bit of scouting or some prior knowledge from within the club, and they actually are just a perfect marriage with your system and stuff. Because if last time when we maybe we finished ninth, the players that did it for us that season, we didn't sign any of them. In apart from arguably Musa, we didn't sign any of them in that summer. They were players from the time before, so there's no like rhyme and reason to any of this. You know, look at Brentford now; they're they're getting the rewards for people like Jensen, for example, who've been in that starting eleven for five six years, played three hundred games for the club. And I don't know. We're up. I think we're operating on a different time scale to to a club like Brentford with our with our playing staff. 
So, like you said, at the minute we don't know what we're playing with next season. If it's still if it's still the prince that owns us, I don't see us spending anything close to what we spent last time. I think it'll be loans, free transfers, and like I said, the odd trying to pick up a an, an Amahodzic for two or three million from from Europe. Or if, if you buy, have... I think if we buy people, there'll be more sure things slash like. I can't. I'd, I hope as well. I hope we don't spend big money on anyone over like 25, 26. I don't see us spending big money on anyone. I don't see us spending more than four million on a player this summer. But if if the ownership's as it is now, if obviously we get bought out by someone, because I think I've seen today, Dozy still thinks he's in with a shout. I mean, He's always, that's going to be like a meme that pops up for years. He's going to always, I don't know, in with the He's, he's going to be like the, we're, re, we're signing Steve Agnew, we're re signing Michael Brown, Dozy's buying us out. They're, they were the things that were kind of rehashed for years. Brownie's coming back, Brownie's coming back. Steve Agnew's been spotted at Lane. This this is going to be the new thing, isn't it? So if Dozy is Dozy's lurking around, but I don't know, I think it's, I think the current squad of players, and, and this is this is a good thing. Interesting thing to talk about, actually. Um, Eckingbottom said he'd like to re-sign them all, which I don't think will happen. I think he was being polite, particularly if you look at the team selection at Birmingham with two individuals who started that game. But, like, is there is there sort of, in this squad of players, are we devaluing a few of them? Are we? Are, is there some players who could be, given the opportunity, do a job still in the Premier League, we might not think, or do we... Are we in a situation where the majority of players whose contracts are up, we have to let go and, and almost start again with an ageing squad? I don't know. I think there's some of them players you, you almost have to give a contract to because replacing them will cost far, far more. And even if they're just there as backup as squad players, prime examples, probably Fleck. If he'll, if he'll re-sign on a contract nowhere near what he's on now, I'd rather have someone like Fleck in a squad than spend five million on someone on someone like Osborne, like we did last time. That's just another squad filler. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? If you put your like, if you put like your sort of optimistic hat on, you can make a case for most of the players. But I think realistically, I don't know how. I, I struggle to make a case for Stevens, and, and I have to say, I struggle to make a case for Sharp. I, I really do struggle to make a case for Sharp. Yeah, I feel like that Sharp thing was maybe, has maybe not been handled particularly well. <coughs> he's uh, he's going to be our, he's gonna, I mean, this season he's been fourth choice striker, maybe third choice. So, well, if everyone was fit, it would have been behind McBurney and Brewster, that's for certain. And I'm not sure either of those two, unless Brewster suddenly comes good next season, I'm not sure either of those two are going to set the Premier League on fire. Well, so Sharp certainly isn't. The, 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 the only case for, for keeping Sharp on really is, is experience and sentiment. And I'm not sure either of those are a reason to give him another another contract. If money's tight, I think that's that's I think that's fair enough, Dan. I don't know, I just think it could be handled. But I've I've had people I like read somebody say, Oh, we should give him a coaching contract because he runs a soccer school. Now I'm not being funny. Tony Curry runs a buddy I went to Tony Curry's soccer camps. I I wouldn't want Tony Curry on the coaching staff because 
but didn't know what he's on about half the time. But like, I had tennis lessons from Roger Taylor when I was a kid, and I'm fucking rubbish at it. So that that actually <laughs> that that's no guarantee of success. But like you know, I don't know. Sharp is it? It's easy, isn't it, to be romantic with Sharp? And I think Stevens. I think we. I think that's one that you definitely can't make a case for. Um, what what kind of coaches coaching is Sharp going to do? Is he going to coach the strikers by berating them when they don't square the ball across the middle when they're through one on one against the keeper? Well, the other that's thing is, is that's assuming that Sharp wants to move into coaching now. You know, he probably thinks, all right, he might not play week in week out in Premier League, but he might want to go and if 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 Sharp played for a Championship side and played week in week out next season, he would get twelve goals next season. If he dropped down to League One, you could probably say he'll get 20-plus. He might yeah. want another couple of seasons scoring goals. Potentially get... Look at... I mean, look what McGoldrick's done at Derby. I'm exactly. not playing yeah. Derby, but, like... Yeah, he's not going to go to Derby, is he? But, really? like, you know, he could... There's, I mean, Barnley, potentially, if they don't go up. I mean, Don is a level below right that, but, but there's a sentimentality piece around Oldcaster, even. Mm. Yeah, get get Donny back in League One. Like be part. He's thinking manager there. Wellens is met. No, he's a bloody Orient. Who's manager at Donny? Donny have just reappointed him. Just appointed a manager. They can. Grant they can. Uh, is he is he waiting to get the Peterborough job back? In- <laughs> yeah, him and him and Fergus are going to swap again in twelve months. <laughs> the thing yeah. is, if if Billy, if Billy wants to play football, he will know in his heart that he isn't going to play for us. Yeah, he'll know that, and yeah, it was hard to watch that video at the parade the other day, and and clearly he was upset. But it, that might have been a little bit of realization from him as well of the situation that the club can't really offer him a playing contract on the kind of money that he's been on previously, with the exception, with the intention of him playing regularly because he just isn't. You also have limitations on squad size in Premier League, don't you? It's it's mm. a twenty-five man squad. It's not like down here where you could have twenty-five. Uh, you know, you could have a squad and you could just that let him kick around. Or mm. there's a good chance we won't fill that squad, but he's still going to be taking up a, a yeah. space. And it, and oh. in, in fairness, he is potentially blocking blocking a pathway to someone. You know, if if he stays next season, the limited minutes that Jebison or Sula might get next season are limited even further. It, so, it makes more sense to give them a taste. Because Sharp's goal, if we were to keep Sharp in the Premier League, the only goals he could potentially score is a scramble in the box. He's not going to break away and finish. No. I mean, he had iron lung out against Bexham when he went through so and, and and scored that goal. So I think I think he's like I'm I'm with you, Dan. And I think it's really it's it could be handled better. How would I handle it? That's not really my decision, is it? It's up to people at the club. And maybe the maybe one of the things the prince obviously hasn't done, but like the con, this is why if we'd not had an embargo, you could have had some of this sorted out months ago. So you've actually got a real idea of like what you're trying to trying to do, because we've now got to renegotiate up to twelve visit contracts and then go and bring in new players. It could be cut. It's like it's quite an undertaking. I tweeted on the night, I think there's a simple solution with Sharp, that if we accept, and I think we're on the same page, he can't contribute as a player, and there isn't a role, a coaching role available, then you just give him a proper send-off in front of the fans. 
and that's a benefit match for charity and you you know you use it as a big profile game and for for the club maybe pre-season or whatever and that's the way of you know properly thanking him on on the pitch and and you do some good with it like I say um and it's and it's got some profile for the club and the city yeah I think yeah that's... I mean we've we've handled the exit of the club of legends badly in the past haven't we and I'd hate to be sat here in 10 years' time. Not that I'd hate to be talking to you like in 10 years' time, but if we're, if we're talking about the way handling Sharp's departure from the club badly, just probably won't sit really very well. I mean, in fairness, in 10 years' time, we'll probably only run, we'll probably only run another four pods. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, four more negative pods. You're all thinking it. <laughs> no, I, I think the I think we've maybe got a bit like, that was always going to come up. But for me, I think there was a lot of like unsung heroes in this squad who've done like real particularly well for us this season. And we need to make sure we keep around the club. Um and I know we've it, I wouldn't want him to necessarily start every game, but like the first one for me there be like Jack Robinson. Like you have to give that man a contract. Um that's a proper redemption arc that, that that's a that's a serious redemption arc for Robinson. He, and but I also believe it's a, it's testament to when you've come through at a big club like Liverpool or whatever. If that like, he's been coached pretty, will have been coached pretty well till he's like twenty one, whatever. He's played well when he knew he was starting games. Robinson, for the majority of the season, knows he's been first choice, and it's no coincidence that his form has gone alongside that and been been much better. He's also had arguably better left-backs or more consistent performing left-backs in front of him in Norrington Davis at the beginning of the season and also like low when he's when he's played. He's, he's had a lot more stability there than he's had done for a lot of his time in his United career. Um, and I don't know, I think Robinson's been fabulous. And I think, you know, a lot of people, all of us included, were, were pretty down on him particularly under Slav and then like in the start. I mean, he's still got one in him, but most... But that, like, that's the thing, John. I think he, he might have still got one in him, but it's far less frequent. It, at one point, it felt like he'd got one a game. Yeah. And he, he, he seems to, whether he's just gone back to basics and he does the stuff he knows he can do well, which include, includes a Cruyff turn on the edge of his own box. <laughs> but it, he's, he seems to just do the basics really, really well. I th- and as well, thing is, do, I mean, do we think Eckenbottom would relish telling him he's not got a contract? Bearing in mind he is fucking nails. <laughs> I, I, I think that's when you do over that's when you do over teams or Zoom, isn't it? I think he, you'd ask you'd ask Eckenbottom who his favourite players are in this squad, and I reckon Robinson's in his top five. I think he, he's, a, he's a manager's player, isn't he? You just be, you know, what you get in, and you could call him a stupid cunt, and he's not going to get face on. He's going to tell you to fuck off back and then you'll have a laugh 10 minutes later, which was shown when he got taken off against Burnley, wasn't it? You saw them having like a bit of a hoo-ha when he got took off and then going off the pitch at half-time, Eckingbottom had his arm around him. Do you know one of the things I like about Robinson? He quite often, I think we've talked about this before, he sets the tone oh, yeah. for United. Yeah. And it's quite often a, a blockbuster tackle that he sends someone eight foot up in the air with and it gets the crowd up and it, it gets the, the players kind of energy levels up. And it, I reckon he probably does at least one every other game. Yeah. 
which is what we missed during COVID when there were no fans. That, that, yeah. that's, what, that's what a club of our size and, and level misses when you're in the Premier League. That's the sort of thing that kind of levels the game up and, and gives you a bit of an edge over, over better teams. Otherwise, it just comes down to a, a straight binary fight between who's got the best players, doesn't it? And we're going to lose that game nine times out of ten, aren't we, in the Premier League? If not more, depending yeah. on who we sign. So, like, I don't think... underestimate as well. By the way, we're not going to get that many chances in the Premier League next year to have somebody that can throw a ball from yeah. forty yards out to the edge of the six-yard box yeah. is is a handy thing to have in your armory. Yeah, I just think he's a he's a he's an unsung hero in a lot of ways, and he's and he's very he's very Sheffield United in his in terms of being a defender, like aggressive. Bit of an up job if you think back to you know people who who've been like highly praised over the years, like um like Morgan and stuff like that. There's a bit of a screw loose, but like I think Robinson's fabulous, and I think he's he he will be the what apart from Injai, which obviously that's a that's a very complicated issue. Uh, what we do there, I think, um, but I think he has to be. Given one, and I think the other like no brainer. Sorry, Dan, is they will take they will take the extension with McBurney. They have. I think to. they already have. I think that's been reported. Oh. They already have. I mean, I, I, I get that. I, I did say that other week. I said as much as I, as much as I don't particularly like like him, and I don't particularly rate him. If we get rid of him, it costs you 10, 15 million to replace him, and we, we're not we haven't got that sort of money. So, like you said earlier on, Phil. We, You've got almost got to give him a contract, otherwise it's just another space you've got to fill in the squad, and that costs money. That costs wages and transfer fees and signing on fees and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I get that. I, I do get. That. While we're talking about players out of contract and unsung heroes, I think maybe not unsung, but unassuming player that's just gone about his business and looked better and better as, uh, during his time with us. Fodrenham's out of contract as well, isn't he? Yeah, um, I think we, we he's got has he got the did he get the joint most clean sheets for a season we've ever had? Did he tie with Henderson for that? Record? I think we got eight. I think it were eighteen. We got. I think I think Henderson got twenty two or something. Oh, something right. daft like that. Fair enough. Yeah, but um, I think he's joked about that himself, saying if he hadn't have been sent off twice, he might have got more. Well, yeah, because we've had that bloody clown DJ Davis in the uh, in the net in, in the net. But like, Wes agreed. I mean, we could debate it till the cows come home. It's like what whose fault it was, Robinson or Fodringham at Burnley. Uh, Dan and Phil will be, you know, <laughs> uh, but I'm keeping I, quiet. But like, it's like he's. He's been, he's been fan. Is some of the saves he's pulled off are just like the breathtaking. Like he makes, he 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 doesn't always he doesn't save everything obviously, but he he makes saves he has no right to make quite often. And and I met, you've said it Phil, a few times Phil, like they're some of the best. He's made some of the best saves you've ever seen at Bramall Lane. Well, like, I I said it coming out of one of the home games towards the end of the season as a shot stopper, out and out shot stopper. I can't think of many better. Tracy was an incredible shot stopper. Kelly was just good all round, but as an out and out shot stopper, Fodderingham's outstanding. 
he's got weaknesses, clearly, kicking being one of the main ones, but he's a good goalkeeper. He's a really good goalkeeper. Do we need to buy better? Probably. Get better. I think if you've got the opportunity to sign somebody better, you've got to in every position, give or take about three or four. I think we're in that, like, you'd argue we need better all over the pitch, apart from maybe one, two of the defenders, two of the centre-backs. You probably chance it with the right-back. Midfield depends who comes back up front. If Enjai said outside of that, you've probably got to be looking to get better if you can. Been linked with that, been linked with the Turkish lad again, haven't we? That we were linked with when we went up under Wilder. Okay. I'm guessing Is that, that not just yeah, I'm guessing that's just there's some lazy journalism and some agents pushing things and, and just rehashing old stories, but um I suppose yeah. it depends. Like you Robinson, say, it depends on what the plan is for next season. Robinson and Wes are definitely people who are un- unhung, unhung. Hung? Don't want to make comments <laughs> on either of those. Uh, but like, definite unsung heroes and players that, you know, like, Enjai is going to get the headlines. McBurney and McAtee, very, very popular and scored goals. Like, Baldock, it's quite funny. Again, I think you talk about, I wouldn't say a redemption arc, but sort of a... We've gone from people basically, myself included at times, like waxing completely lyrical about Bogle to now being like, I'd be I'd be horrified if at any point next season, obviously it depends on form and stuff, that Bogle was starting ahead of Bulldog. I just think, obviously, he, he does have a song for him and stuff, but he's, he's a player who was out at the side and then has come back in and, and really shown his value in this running and stuff. He's another one that sets the tone, isn't he? Yeah, world's angriest footballer, and and <laughs> he, he play he plays like it. And again, I mean, what game was it where he ran down the line and screamed at the linesman? I can't remember. That was fairly late on in the season, That's, wasn't West it? Brom, wasn't it? Might yeah. have been West Brom, but no, it, it's it those sort tackle, of things. That tackle. Then ended up with the ball at his feet, but then his touch took it away from him, and then he won the ball again, and then he ended up going out for a throw, and then he was like, ah. "Yeah." But I, I feel like we've got quite a good bit of aggression in the in 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 the defense actually that we haven't had for ages. I think that'll that'll serve as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, we think we've lost a little bit of as way on his plan here. But like in terms of contracts, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I think Flex an interesting one, Phil. Um, and Osborne probably is in the same camp as Fleck. Just I'd, for put, Fleck in, I'd put Fleck in a separate camp to Osborne because I think Fleck, we don't quite know where Osborne's at fitness wise. He was clearly on the parade and up in on the town hall on the balcony. Could have been risky depending on what rumors you believe. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> with Fleck, I think Fleck came in some games towards the end of the season. Actually, what suited Fleck were the games where he had there was a bit more space. Um, Watford being a good example, he was the right man to start against Man City, I think. And we were largely effective in that first half in a game plan until the, the penalty. So I think there are games where Fleck could have a role still. I think Osborne is still that kind of bit part plug-in player. Yeah, the only thing I'd have, the, the, the question I'd have with Fleck 
and this is what wipes Stevens out as well as like maybe performances. It's just fitness. And I couldn't, Fleck hasn't been fit consistently for about two years now, three, probably three, like in and out of the side. Since that first season in the Premier League, he's not consistently been fit. Um, so if you can get that, so all right, but um, I don't know. I think no. we'll see. I mean, well, the big question to ask is would, would, it, would it, we want to sacrifice one or both of Bergen and Jai? To squad build. I think the problem is what they're both into the last year of the contracts. So you'll I, I don't think for either of them you'd get more than 15 million for them just because they've got a year left on the contract. So if you sell one of what does 15 million or even 30 million buy you? Yeah, you know, 30 million would buy you three Callum Robinsons or something like you're not getting enough to kind of build the squad. I think they're probably worth more to us, keeping them for a season, giving us a chance, giving us a better, because we've got a better chance of staying up with them than without them. And if you risk losing them at the end of the season on a free transfer, so be it, because then that extra year in the Premier League gets you another 120, 30, 40, 50 million, whatever the latest figure is. Uh, unless you get a silly offer for them, which you're not going to get because of the contract situation. I think you keep them myself. Yeah. Anyone disagree? No, I've no. I, I, I think it's it's be. almost the only situation that we've the only it's the only way out of the situation for us is unless one of one or both will sign a new contract, and I can't yeah. see that happening. Yeah, or well, there was everyone's favourite Dart Chucker was saying that um, saying that Berg plans to become one of the hottest free agents in football next summer and almost start a contract war, um, whether that's true or not. Uh, just, I he's going to have to play well. He's, he's going to have to play well for a season to, to get the interest from the big clubs in the, in the top flight. So that, again, if you can get a season of Sander Berger playing well, that gives you, again, it gives you a better chance of staying up. And, and sort of like, I won't, I wouldn't, sort of begrudge him going at the end of the season if he's given us a year performances help to stay up and then he has the opportunity to go and play in Europe or whatever. I think that's for me that would be like okay it's maybe not been as because I always thought of Berger was like the first signing of like a new sort of player we're going to buy and we were going to be buying these sort of more exotic exciting youngsters from Europe and then not really been the way it's gone, has it? But like, um, I won't be good him that. And the, the entire one's just a bit weird. He's basically on he's on a really, really, really small contract, so he's not going to be getting weighed in for being our most important player. And I don't know. It just seems very strange that from his representatives. He... And and for me, yes, we've got a lot of players out of contract, and we need to deal with them, but. He'd be the first one I'd be trying to sit down in front of his his representatives, break the break the budget for him yeah, in yeah. terms of tying him down. Even if it's with a with a caveat of look, end of season, you can go that, for X. Yeah, 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 yeah. A release clause that activates after a year. So sign a three year contract, and after a year, there's a twenty five million pound release clause in the twenty to twenty five million pound release clause in there. Give us a season, 
and then we'll sell you for yeah, one. Well, you can even do it if it's a Champions League club, it's 25. If it's a you, you know, you can do it like yeah. that, can't you? If it's yeah. one that's not in. Um and yeah, I think it's I think I agree with you, Phil. We need we need a play, we need both of those to have a fighting chance as as things are now, you know. And um yeah, it'll be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Obviously, I think they're in Vegas at the minute, aren't they, the lads? Or some of them. Oh, they are okay. Some of them are, yeah. But I, I was smiling before because, like, the United Twitter had just posted a picture of NGI and Koulibaly with like some sort of filter on that said "stars shine brightest in the darkness." Jesus Christ! United Twitter is funny and weird at times. Yeah, the I fact mean, that they put the uh, the the was it. McAtee and Bogle thing the other day. Two times Premier League bound. <laughs> I'll be honest, lads. That most one of most most fun I've had in a long time Thursday night. <laughs> it's like I had a thoroughly lovely time sending messages to you Friday like, night or whenever it was. Yeah, so it all blurs into one. You just what I like about yours, Phil. It's like you're laughing that much. Your laughter emojis slip into like a thumbs up halfway through, and then like a heart <laughs> laugh, 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 because you clearly can't press the button because you're pissing yourself too much. Yeah, that was good. That, um, but yeah, don't we? People have been telling Chris McClaw they'll get his face tattooed on their arse if they, they win 5 0. So, despite that, uh, disillusion still rings strong in S6. Um, moral moral standards clearly. Oh yeah, well we didn't when we signed Rian Brewster. We didn't realise we've got a resident hype man, uh, <laughs> but uh, we have now. So uh, interesting that just quite funny. Him and Bogle are clearly quite the characters. Uh, yeah, my, oh that sounded loud upstairs. Um, but yeah. We'll we'll have to see what's what's gonna gonna come in the summer. I mean, we've we've not really touched on on the loanees. Um, I I mentioned before we came on that like one of the big big turning points for me in the season and the running. It's not particularly controversial or anything. Is when Doyle played against Spurs. I didn't know he was that good, and ever since then he's been arguably our key player. He's phenomenal football. He's going to go on and out a really good career in, whether it's with us or elsewhere. He'd be playing in the Premier League next next season. Unfortunately, um, our mate Macca made a big prediction that the logical place he might end up going is Burnley uh, with the City connection there and company, but hopefully he comes back to Bramall Lane. Do we think we'd get Doyle? Would it be? I think if we're going to splash a decent amount of cash on anybody... I'd probably try and get him from a continuity point of view yeah. for future planning, for replacing, like we've said, replacing the old guard. He's already proved he can do that. Uh, it's it almost a no-brainer. An investment as well, possibly. You know, if you could get yeah. him now for 15, if he carries on the way he's playing now, in two or three years' time, he could be worth comfortably double that. Yeah. I, I think we'd do well to get him for as little as 15, to be honest. But What do you think What do you think he'd cost? 20? 20. Between twenty and twenty-five, at least I think, think. as much as twenty-five. Wow. You're getting an English tax, aren't you? That's the thing. If we were buying him and he was like from Australia, it's just not like it doesn't. It sounds weird, but it just seems to come out. 
you just seem to command a fee, don't they, and a reputation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You think about like um, when Norwich went up last time, the most recent time. Uh, I think they got Skip, hadn't they, from Spurs, and I think he was even more influential for them than Doyle's been for us. I think he was like one of their best players throughout the entire season, and like. Norwich, like, oh, skip number one sign, just completely priced out of getting anywhere near him because obviously young and English. Obviously, City and Spurs are very different. Also, like, not necessarily both of them, but one of them, like, I know he's, he's probably form player in league at minute, but like, there's rumours of Gundogan and Silver going in the summer, isn't there? Gundogan uh, is, isn't he? I'm sure they've said he Gundogan is, isn't he, for definite? I well, I thought it was it was so. Undecided, the, right? But anyway, I thought it's. I thought I'd seen that he, he was being allowed to really uh, to go on a free. Well, there we are. So these op- these oh, we're interested in free transfers next season. Yeah, <laughs> probably not like, interested in his three hundred grand a week he'll command. Yeah, but like, like I think even Tingo dollars. It'll be interesting what happens with those two, and I think McAtee will have a lot of McAtee if he'll come back on loan. Fabulous. And then we have to use the other loan really, really carefully. But you can't have two loans from the same club, can you? So You can't, but you can have... So there's two loans from within the Premier League, can't be from the same club, but you can have... I think it's up to four or five from Europe. Mm. So I, I think we'll probably see that getting used quite heavily. Yeah. See, today we were linked with um, a midfielder from Chelsea. Carney Chukwamaker. That's the lad that went from Villa last season, isn't it? Yeah. For 20 million pounds. Yeah. So, and he's, I think he's right footed attacking midfielder. So maybe that's a Burnley link with him as well. But, and it's paper talk, but maybe that's a view that actually, if you get one of the City players, it might be Doyle. And then you've got another loan you can use in the Premier League for a McAtee replacement. I know yeah. it sounds counterintuitive, but there's also the teams that are going down this season from the Premier League who might have players that they can't shift because they're on decent money, but they might be willing to loan them out for a season while they're down there. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised we've not been linked with Che Adams yet, but somebody will suggest it within the next week or two. I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain. I mean, I don't want to go down that path. I'd have him. As a forward, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If we're talking, I'm not saying he's a world beater, but he's better yeah. than what we've got. If we're talking free transfers, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I mentioned Chaudhry. that name on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. I mean, still consistently being one of the best players to come to the lane in the last however many years, Chowdhury. He always impresses, doesn't he? I think he'd be he'd be fabulous. He's what yeah, we need: a bit of physicality, a bit of energy in midfield. It's interesting as well. Is that is that sort of player we need, isn't it? All energy, kind of can get about the pitch. Really, really physical. I've always been impressed with uh, Chong at Birmingham as well. I think he's a sort of similar sort. Of... Is he at Birmingham or is he still on loan? For no, he signed. No, he signed for Birmingham. Yeah, so, yeah they've got um, Hannibal's on loan there, isn't he? Yeah, he's more of an attacker though, isn't he, Hannibal? Mm. And well. Interesting one thing, he's going to Sunderland apparently. I don't know how this is already, why they're batting players, but I think they've, they've got a tech millionaire, haven't they? But they're signing Job, Job Bellingham, mm. Sunderland, which is interesting. I mean, I watched a little bit of when Millwall, Birmingham 
towards the end of the season. He did look very good in that game. Um, but Didn't yeah. notice him against us at all. Yeah, yeah. It, but, well, they were on the beach, I think. But yeah, I think yeah. It, it's, inter- it's interesting what's available in the championship. And obviously, you're talking about players going down. Um, with the Chai Adams thing, I'm not, it was more that that obviously ex player is an easy link yeah. somebody will make. But um, yeah. I mean, my dad texts me his wish list that had Ward Prowse on it. So, uh, <laughs> God bless you. I, I mean, I'd be up for I'd be up for that, Dad. But I think pretty much about sixteen of the twenty clubs playing in the top flight next season will fancy Ward Prowse. Uh, so we might be quite low down that list. And I don't think he'd fancy going and living in Sheffield if he's used to living on the seaside. So he's for my prediction on him, he'll go to uh, he'll go to Brighton when McAllister Brighton or Bournemouth. Yeah, Brighton when McAllister leaves. That'll be Matt. Anyway, we're not here to talk about Southampton's comings and goings. It's been a while since we've digressed. I know it's been a full digression for the last hour and ten minutes, but it's been good so. Um, in terms of in terms of expectation, then because I think we can probably in a few in a month or so when we get because we've got no international tournament this summer to to quench the thirst of football, probably bank heads. We might have signed a couple of players, but like, what are our expectations for next year? And I think an interesting way to look at that is to sort of think about that last time we went got promoted and the squad that we had then and how we did and. And the squad we've got now. So what I what I would argue is one thing that I a big thing for me is we finish ninth with a poorer set of players than we've got now. Um, I agree with that. Yeah, the caveat absolutely. to that is the quality of the Premier League is much better in th- such a short period of time. I think one of one of the things about when we went up last time is. People had heard about the overlapping centre backs and the the way that we moved as a as a as a unit to to create the overloads and the overlaps, but it almost got dismissed as that's never going to work. Wait, it did get dismissed. People like Steve Nichol and Nichol. and 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 such as that just just basically wrote us off and gave us no chance. And whilst obviously the the Premier League teams will have done their research on us. I think we still took them by surprise by how effective and how efficient we were at playing that way. And we don't have that now. We're not that team anymore. We're, we're a very functional, very good at doing what we do, but it's not extraordinary like it was first time in the Premier League. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we're not doing anything kind of groundbreaking, are we? Like, like you said, we're, we're a functional side that play a system that other teams play, but, as good as like as good as Amahodzic is at getting forward, he doesn't get forward as much as Basham did, and Robinson certainly doesn't get forward as much as O'Connell did, did he? No. Um, so yeah, you're right. We're not doing anything unheard of at the minute. One, yeah, one thing right. I would say is, I think we're probably, although it's some of the same players, I think we're probably a little bit better defensively than we were then. I think that's tactically. I think that's due to Eckingbottom, arguably being a bit more tactically astute than Wilder in certain ways. Without the ball, I think we. I, I think the 
we're just not as gung-ho with, with sending people forward. I think that's perfect. And we often play with two deeper um, when we need to. And we might we might next season, which we didn't really do under Wilder, is go and stink it out at a few places. Not like we not that we've done that loads this year, but really go and just like dig in the trenches and sort of like just stay in the game. A bit like we tried to do against Man City at Wembley. Um, oh, well, I was going to use Spurs as an example. We did it for probably an hour against Spurs. Mm. We didn't really come out at them. And it were only sort of the last half an hour when we when we sort of broke his ranks and pushed them back that actually we realised we got the beating of them. So mm. I think we, we might do that quite a bit. Well, I think that's actually, been a, that's actually been a tactic this season because I can't remember which game it was this season. It was one of the games where quite regularly we were nil-nil at half-time and then went on and won the game quite comfortably. And I'm not, I can't remember who it was that actually... Might have been Norwood in the interview, and they and they said, yeah, you know, the plan was go into the game until half time, be comfortable, keep going, and then start basically basically start having a go, kind of 55, 60 minutes onwards. So that would play into our hands. And the fact that our worst results this season have come when we've had more possession than the opposition. All our all our best results this season have come when we've had less possession. You know, we're not a possession-based side, we're a side that likes to kind of hit on the break with, with like McAtee and Njai, kind of is going to play into our hands because there's there's not been many games next season where we're going to out outplay teams, is there, in terms no, of having no. the ball and dominating them. So I it, think it, we it have really to suits us to, to have played like this for a season and be ready for a, a season up there next season where we're not going to have as much of the ball. And we also, we need to get lucky with the fixtures. So you need to get Newcastle at the lane on a Sunday lunchtime when they've been away to Lazio on Wednesday night. I didn't realise Lazio were third in Serie till the other day. Absolutely blew my mind that they were doing so well. Anyway, but you know what I mean? Like, you need a little bit of that. You need to go to, um, you need to go to Brentford when they've been over to middle of nowhere playing in Conference League. And you then need to get them at Bramall Lane on a Sunday, and, and little things like that need to go our way, I think. I mean, one of the bigger, bigger clubs early. Fixtures. We, we could do, obviously, like the first season went up, we got that first point against Bournemouth, we got the first win, so then that's, you, that, that, that's done, then you've got that monkey off your back. Last season, that not win, and, sorry, the last season of the Premier League, that not winning for so long, by the time we did win, we were down. By the time mm. we got that win against, was it Newcastle, Newcastle the first win? Mm. Yeah, Brewster's Newcastle, who'd been a bogey team. For... We, we were down, pretty much. We were down by that stage because we were so far adrift. You need mm. to get a, a win early, get that monkey off your back and just keep keep within touching distance. Because the second you get cut off, um, you're done. You just can't claw it back. You think about the last time we were up there, like we, like you say, we got the point at Bournemouth and we went and beat Palace at home. So when you then go to Chelsea, it's not as big a scary place, is it? As yeah, exactly. if you've yeah. been dicked in the last two games, you're like, oh God, what's going to happen today? Um, and I, I think you know, that something, a, a, like something to give us a spark or get a bit of a momentum early on will be key. But my biggest hope is we just. We're just competitive in the majority of games. How that looks, you know, 
I'm not suggesting that we have to go and put it on teams for 90 minutes, but I want us to be competitive. And, uh, and you know, one thing about this side this season, there's a lot of, with McAtee and with Njai, that sort of attacking, sort of that one-touch stuff around the box. I'd like to see us like do a bit more, a bit of that. Maybe bring in a few more players who are capable and technically proficient enough to be able to attempt to when we get opportunities. Really like, you know, like move a team around like we we do on occasion. I'd, I'd like to see us playing in that style. Whilst how, many, also how many points did we? How many points did we go down on last time? Twenty twenty five, I think. Twenty five points, and we were and we were. Best. I think we got something like half our points under Heckingbottom. Yeah, so we went down on 25 points and we were absolute dog shit for the first third of the season. We didn't win until after Christmas, did we? Yeah, first for the first third, first half of the season. And we still got 25 points. And that was and that was a poor side. That was a poor side, bang out of form, put throw COVID in and everything like that. The crowd at Lane next season. It's probably worth eight, nine points. Three more, three more wins on top of that, and you're up to 34 points. A couple more draws, you're on to 36. 36 will probably keep you up this season. So it keeps you up most seasons now in the Premier League, doesn't yeah. it? So as bad as we were for, for so for such long parts of that season, we still finished on 25 points. I don't think we'll be as bad next season as what we were that that season we got relegated. And there's a lot of mitigating circumstances about that season. Obviously, the main one being there being no fans in the ground. But yeah. I think I don't think we'll be that bad. I really don't. Let's not forget though that season we won at Old Trafford and Oliver Burke and Kim Bryan scored the goals. Yeah, what are them two doing? Can we, can we get them two back as? Uh, <laughs> Kim Bryan's still at West Ham, I think. At West Ham, West Brom, I mean. Bear could be going back to Word of Birmingham. They were only on loan at Millwall. He's got the best agent in football, then. He'll be he'll have a new club in the summer with Old Alley. He's got Warnock written all over him. Wherever, if, if Warnock rocks up somewhere next season, he's got Warnock written all over him. I just, oh, God. What a combination, Jesus! Anyway, so we just without without sort of trying to dismiss either of the two sides. Who do you reckon would win out of this team and the Wilder team that got promoted? I think the Wilder team would maybe have a bit more determination to get to get the result, even though they're probably not as good at football. I think this team just shades it. Just by virtue of, like you said, being very good defensively. Because that Wilder team, we had a system that we played, but we didn't have... There was only probably a couple of creative players in there. So you were looking at McGoldrick and Duffy. Whereas this team now, McAtee and Jai Berger, I think this team... I I think Jai and McAtee probably just... Take us over the line. I think it's tight, but I think this team probably just about shades it. Yeah, I think you can make a real strong point for both. Like, I don't know, like O'Connell just puts in an equaliser on Njai after two minutes, and then he just. I tell you what, though, it doesn't it doesn't show what a remarkable job Wilder did with that 
group to get, put that group of players together to get us up. And we're talking about a team of players that we've spent big money on after getting relegated. Would only just scrape a win or maybe not yeah. even beat that side. Yeah, I think I think what that side was, like you say, was 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 effective. I don't think we're as effective for the quality of players we've got with this side, but we've got more quality that edges the game. And going back to something John was saying about, you know, seeing that kind of, want to see some of that intricate pass and movement around the edge of the box. I actually think we need to be taking a bit more of a chance now and then next season, because it might be that shot from the edge of the box that gets us a goal, that gets us a point or gets us three points. And I don't think we've done enough of that this season. We, we've, we've got a tendency to overplay it and I don't think we can overplay it in the Premier League. I think when there's an opportunity to take a shot, to put a ball in the box, I think we've got to gamble a bit more in those areas. We've not done that. If anyone's far, bothered Leicester are losing 2 0 to Liverpool. Yeah, Curtis Jones has scored both goals. That's what the banging was. Um... <laughs> what, is that your missus upstairs stomping on the floor? Yeah. We'll get top four. I'm convinced of it. They win tonight. I reckon they get top four, Liverpool. I think Man U's Arsenal twitch too much. I'm just looking what that means to the bottom. So that Leicester aren't down, but they're pretty damn close. I know. Makes an interesting weekend, doesn't it? I mean, this is the thing as well. You're going to have a lot of bruised, battered and bruised sides around there that stay up. I mean... Who knows what will happen? I, I was listening to somebody, somebody was making made a prediction that even if he keeps them up, that he won't get sacked, but Cooper will leave Forest in the summer because he's apparently growingly frustrated. He's got growing frustrations about the recruitment there and stuff. And obviously, Everton will stick with Dash, but they're not going to have major money to spend because they've got a um, they've obviously got the stadium going through. It's the last year at Goodison next year, isn't it? So, I think Everton will be. I think Everton will be exactly the same next season as they are this. Well, this, this, this they'll be harder to beat because obviously Dice will get them. You know, Dice will get them organised, but I don't see them being anything other than a, a team that are floating in relegation. Well, the Brighton result was a freak, wasn't it? They didn't. They, were, they got an early goal, which then brought Brighton out, so they were able to play on the break. But really, anyway, we. Talking I, don't, I don't think Bournemouth will be either. I think Gary no. O'Neill's Gary O'Neill's done well in a kind of caretaker thing, but it's not very often that that then carries on for a no, consistent period. I think they'll. He has got. Of... He has got. They have got dough though, haven't they? Like the owner's got a decent amount of money, big, rich American fella. And I didn't realise till I saw some of the recruitment that they've uh, they've got they spent they bought like. Quite a few expensive players. I spent fifty million in January, I think. Yeah, I mean, listen, Gary O'Neill gave keys to Bournemouth after making Scott Parker look like a prick as well. <laughs> just aren't good enough. And then they were when were they safe? Mid-April. Yeah. Fantastic. And then he got sacked, didn't he? After he flirted with the Champions League with the expensive cardigans, the prick. Covering all the people we love tonight <laughs> on the podcast. Parker, Ramsdale. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think United staining games, like Ian says, I think taking risks on occasion, yeah. Um, and it'd be nice to I'd like to get some, I'd like to get a couple of signings in in the summer that are sensible, but 
we are excited about seeing play. Whether that's because they're an unknown quality or they're like, oh, we've ended up getting them. I'm not talking about buying like some like washed up 33, 34-year-old, but like I'd, I'd, it'd be really nice if we got some, wow. Particularly if we got new owners and there was like a marquee signing, that would be exciting. Because we, we signed Sander Berg and no one, no one apart from people who play football manager really knew much about him. And then all of a sudden, like it was like it was like an absolute pandemonium when we spent a bit of money on him. So if we actually signed somebody people have heard of, it'd be unbelievable scenes as they say. But yeah, there's a lot of ifs and buts in that, isn't there? But... Whether whether anyone who owns us well has actually got any money or not is the first bit, isn't it? Who's actually owning us by the time we do start signing people? Yeah, well, I think Panchero said this on Blade's pod. Dozy comes in and puts Guinness on the bar at Bramall Lane. That'll be all right. That'll do for me. <laughs> Profits will go up. That'll get us a new player in January. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. You know? I don't know. I feel like, obviously, because we've not done this for a while, we've maybe not talked as much about promotion and stuff, more as a general catch-up. Like, we're in the pub, obviously, to catching up about United. But, like, it's going... It, the Premier League, for the reasons Dan said at the beginning, there is there is certain elements of it that we we probably because we weren't we were there not so long ago we're apprehensive about. Is there anything that is there one thing that anyone's particularly like? Oh God, that's going to come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say there's a stinking obvious one in VAR, isn't there? Mm. I mean, bitters on the arse last time we had it against Blackburn. Yeah, and I didn't celebrate Doyle's goal because that twat was holding his eye. I was convinced it was getting ruled out. I, I was convinced, convinced myself, uh, but thankfully it didn't. Yeah, I think I like. I think a lot of the almost. I don't so much get. I don't get that annoyed by commentators. Well, that's not true, but like, like mispronouncing players and stuff that much but it's it's when we're going to be on telly and like you go on twitter and like rather than people are just like like the absolute outrage about everything that's remotely anti-united is it can just become a little bit exhausting can't it i'm not talking about don goodman who's like got some sort of serious mental health problem where he's got some issue with united Based on nothing, so we never really had a ding dong with him when he was a player that I can think of. But like, we used to him that Eckingbottom's like rattled his missus at some stage. Did they, did they ever play together? Was there ever like a, a John Terry Wayne Bridge thing going off? <laughs> I mean, I dare say that I wouldn't imagine that's in in Ecky's wheelhouse, <laughs> really. But are you saying Eckingbottom doesn't look like a top shagger? Compared to Don Goodman in his playing days, who had a perfectly groomed afro, and no, <laughs> I don't think he is a top shagger. I think Eckingbottom's great. I just would imagine Don was the Don, and uh, can't think of a pun for Paul, but like, not very tall, but like, he, he, I don't know. <laughs> Fucking hell, John. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was Jack Lester or. 
Yeah, yeah, it could have been. Or McCall's golden locks. I don't know. Um, it's got to just be a Leeds thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as bad, like I say, as, as much as there is some stuff to not look forward to in Premier League next season, the VAR and, and all that sort of thing, just not having your games commentated on by Goodman and um, Inchcliffe. Although I have watched a couple of games recently in the Premier League and Inchcliffe's been commentating a oh, he's not fucking oh, following us, is he? No, but they wheel him out, they wheel him out for, actually that means for us probably, but they wheel him out for like nothing games. But like wheel him out for, for, for Leicester v Crystal Palace on a Thursday. Do you know I think one of the big things for me, and you said it earlier, Dan, is not playing at three o'clock on a Saturday. We were yeah. quite lucky with that last time. Yeah, we had it all right, I think. Because you've got, you've now got like Friday evening games, Sunday lunch, Saturday lunchtime, Saturday afternoon, Saturday tea time, Sunday lunchtime, Sunday late afternoon, Monday night. It's well, thing the, you in, the, in the championship, you lose a game on the Saturday, you've invariably got another one on the Tuesday, and you lose one on the. Whereas that, if you lose a, you lose a Friday night game. You might not play for nine or ten days until the following Monday or the following Sunday. It's I don't know. Just you, you don't seem to always get that kind of head of steam up, do you? Mm. Yeah, it can affect me. It really can screw with momentum and stuff. Selfishly, I am really looking forward to it because I'm gonna. I've got about eight clubs within ten miles of where I live now, so that's. <laughs> the main I can get to a lot more away games because it seems to be the championship this season. Are you rooting for Luton to go up then? Are they, are they your nearest? <sighs> um, yeah, I'd say so, practically. But I also wouldn't mind wouldn't mind Sunderland going up because I think we could, I don't know. But no, Luton, because I think we could finish above them and I could go to the match. Not that I particularly want to go back to Kenilworth, but also like, I was just really gutted Millwall didn't go up because I just think it'd cause absolute chaos in the Premier League. I think it'd be really funny. The people wouldn't know what to do. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting what happens in the park. But in terms of things I'm not looking forward to, I think it's like I think it'd be the theatrics of other players. Um yeah. like that's that's always been one that just gets me, even though with yeah, just like they've got no shame, have they? Like you've got like a hundred cameras on you and you're rolling around like a complete and utter buffoon I don't know Maybe yeah. we need to start doing it a bit more I don't think we will but to kind of to make things level we possibly need to start uh, using things like that to our advantage but I don't think it's in our makeup is it well, having seen a bit of the uh, National League playoff final with was it Dobra for Chesterfield he, he even at that level there's plenty of theatrics going on yeah um, without back to Wrexham now, do we want Wrexham in the FA Cup next year? Or do we want to stay away from no, them? We want Wednesday Johnson's paint trophy so our under-23s can beat them. Oh, how funny would that be? <laughs> oh. Do we have to be at level one academy yeah. to enter? Sorry to say. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Sorry. well but that well. would be good. Um, it's pretty... Fabulous what's happening at S6. And it would be remiss of us not to mention that. Um, do Wednesday have any chance on Thursday? We have a chance. Everyone has a chance. Yeah, I mean, not- if, if Peter can win first leg 4-0, Wednesday can win the second 4-0, but the chances are 
infinitesimally small, surely. It's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Wednesday can get an early goal and get the tails up and, and push on. And the, the thing is, I can't see Peterborough not scoring. Yeah. Yeah, because they've got a lot of pace on the break, haven't they, as well? Yeah. So Wednesday go for it. Because that's how they got done the other night. And obviously, I'll tell you what, if we're talking about getting a lower league diamond, that Jack Taylor looks hell of a player for Peterborough. Personally, is it tomorrow night they play? Thursday. Uh, yeah. Thursday. The, uh, yeah. Thursday. Thursday. Personally, I'd like Wednesday to, to be 4 0 up going into the 90th minute and then Peter <laughs> would get, get one in the 90th minute to make it 4 1. I don't want that ideal want... situation. Barry Bannon own goal. Yes. Bannon own goal, and then he can get his interview script out again. Uh, I'll be back here next season because this. Uh, this fan base uh, deserve more than they've got. It's not good enough, but I'm not going anywhere. No one wants you, Barry, because you're fucking bang average. And if you're any good, someone would have bought you. And you're only there because you get weighed in more than anyone else in the club. So stop your little act, you bold, little, small, tiny man. No. <laughs> that's Everything I've just said is true. Gets paid much more than everyone else. And the reason he's still there, no one's tried to buy him. Am I, am I, have these transfer bids been turned down and we didn't know about him? Weren't Brentford in for him a few seasons ago, but I mean, that were about 2017 or something, weren't it? I think that was when, like, Wednesday had the best side that's ever been in the championship, but they lost to Hull. Um, yeah, I do think there's an element of like big fish in a small pond with him. I think he likes being the. The big man in, in third does division. He, doesn't he? Does he even get in Scotland squad? No. The evidence is stacking up about my point being true, though, isn't it? What an <laughs> Don't like him. But yeah. It's, uh, what is it the other night? So I said Liam Palmer looked like a football manager regen. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I enjoyed as well. But yeah, um, I mean, I feel like we've been a little bit. Um, Little bit jumping around, which is what we do anyway, but we're also on brand, isn't it? Yeah. On brand. <laughs> on brand. Yeah. Hopefully not too negative. Uh, I believe some listeners thought we were quite negative uh in a in a recent I probably have been tonight. I've I've probably brought the uh, the negativity average down. Well Girl. well, I did think when we started the pod, I asked what your initial thoughts on the promotion were, Daddy Well. Well, the journey is always better than the destination of that listed. <laughs> I've gone I've gone full curmudgeon. Danny's Danny's one of the funniest and most friendly, positive people you could want to meet most of the time. So to, to start like that was was quite a surprise. But we we did make a promise earlier this season that we were going to do a four blades in the pub World Cup squad to encourage us to do uh um, specify what year World Cup though, did we? Exactly, but it, it was it was apparently to you know uh, to make sure we did twenty three pods. Now we've done not that many, a lot less. But the World Cup squad will be finished with a podcast, so we're going to have to do some discussion on our group chat because we need one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 <laughs> players. So we managed, we did more than eight podcasts. So if we do two pods a day for next week, 
<laughs> but we're going to do the Four Blades in the Pub World Cup squad finishing um, finishing pod. And what was nice, um, well, what's always nice when we're out and about, you know, people do like come up to us and say, oh, where's the podcast? We know people enjoy when we do these things and we'd like to do it more. But, you know, um, people are training for marathons, people have babies, people work two jobs, people have their own businesses. It's all sometimes can be a bit much, but we do still love watching United and talking about United and, you know, slagging Aaron Ramsdale off and Scott Parker off. So we're going to do a lot of that. Uh, and we've not even got started on Eddie Howe, Dan, but we'll wait until we play Newcastle next <laughs> next year and me and you can have a Newcastle preview pod with a anti-Howe rant. It's really annoying because I used to just think he couldn't def- his teams couldn't defend, but they can now. So it's all Jason Tindall. Look at what we could have had. Yeah. My mate says Jason Tindall goes to the bar, buys everyone a drink in all bar one, waits everyone sits down, and then asks the barmaid if he can make his a Peroni top. That's the sort of man Jason Tindall is. Peroni top, but don't. Don't tell the lads. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. But anyway, we will do a, it might actually, might be sooner than we were, sooner than this one took to come from the last one, the, the World Cup squad one. Um, but yeah. We'll certainly try. How long is this since we last podded? Two, Two months. Long, baby. <laughs> but we, we'll definitely do it. I, I think we can do it before the end of May, if not a bit sooner than that. Well, can't be sooner than that, but yeah, before the end of the May, 15 players to complete the World Cup squad. And what's interesting is within that World Cup squad, we've got people like Morgan Gibbs White, and I still would argue he's really, really good, but I don't know. It seems that according to James McAtee's song, his how favoured he is amongst United fans seems to have shifted. Yeah, I can't, I can't get, I'll be honest, I can't get on board with that song. I'm not a fan of it either, but it. I, I actually thought they were singing about cheese at Huddersfield. Oh, okay, about James McAbree. But anyway. <laughs> Jesus, John. <laughs> so you one of the future pods going to be one of them, like the BBC Sport Twitter used to do, eh? So can we have a, a, a United team made out of cheese puns? Can have that one for free then, yeah? Well, well that, I think it's... someone already does something like that. We don't want to go down that route. Yeah, plagiarism is rife in the community as it is. So anyway, we will uh, we will endeavour to to get that World Cup squad finished, um, and then we'll have the summer. I imagine we'll do a what we need to sign, who we'd like to sign podcast. We've done those in the past. I think they've been quite popular, but we support Premier League football team again. So all the negatives that Dan reminded you of, but all the positives of that because it's. Just great, and Wednesday are terrible, which makes it even more magic. So, I think have we got anything else to add, gents? Well, I think so. Up the blades, up the blades. Nice one.